Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Today, we're in part two of the cure for bitterness. The cure for bitterness, part two, as we announced last week. Um, How many of you would think all your problems would be over if you had a million dollars? Can I see your hand? Few of you, some of you are like, trick question. I'm not gonna answer it. Uh, But uh, money would certainly help. Now, let me just say, how many of you, a million dollars would help, all right? So that, that is true. You're crazy if you don't raise your hand. Well, not literally, but, uh, but literally, a million dollars for all of us would be a very big help. And I, let me just put a plug in there. Of course, you're gonna pay your tithe, all right? That's $100,000, all right? And so uh, I'll show you how to make it out if you've never made anything that big with that many zeros before, all right? Not that I have, but I know how, all right? Um, so you always pay your tithes. And for those of you that play the lottery, I we do not uh, recommend anybody playing the lottery. It's a desire to get rich quick, which can lead to turmoil. But if you play the lottery and if you win, you better pay your tithes, all right? So that's all I'm saying. Two wrongs don't make a right. So keep that in mind. Money is not the answer to our problems. It may alleviate, alleviate some need in our life, but it will not heal our hearts. It will not take away bitterness out of our lives. Uh, uh, it has a influence, but it, was, it is not the cure for what ails man. God is the one that holds all the answers. Praise God. Now, the key verse that we talked about last week is Romans chapter 12, verse 14 and 15. And uh, there are those that would uh, uh, not agree with this, but I believe that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. There are many that would. Hebrews chapter 12, 14 says this, pursue peace with all people. Pursue peace peace with all people. In other words, God wants his people to be at peace with everyone. You can say amen there, all right? And this emphasis is uh, repeated in scripture. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says, if it is possible, and we all know that there are some that it's just simply not possible to be at peace with them. We want peace, we have peace toward them, but they don't have it in return. So they have cut us off, at least for right now, and even though we have tried and tried uh, to no avail as of yet, but if it's a family member or somebody that we really want to uh, be in relationship with, then I challenge you, don't give up, all right? Just simply don't give up. Many, many years ago, someone uh, 
was not at peace with me. I, I loved this person. Uh, it was a guy, uh, he was in ministry. I loved him, I cared about him. Alice and I both were deeply impacted uh, by him. And uh, yet there came a time where uh, he just did not want to have anything to do with me. And so I tried and tried and tried and tried and prayed and prayed and many times grieved. Uh, but uh, after 10 years or so, God brought about the circumstance that brought a great reconciliation. And thank God I still rejoice in that because the relationship is where I want it to be today, in peace. So the Bible says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully. The, uh, Paul uses the word, uh, I believe it's in Galatians, circumspectly. So we look around circumspectly. We pay attention to detail. We focus in on what is happening around us. We look within and we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts, to reveal anything in our lives that uh, may be there that shouldn't, that has caused a root of bitterness to spring up. Well, why don't we do that right now? Why don't we just pray for the Holy Spirit to help us? And let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now to help every one of us listening to this message. Holy Spirit, reveal anything in our lives. Holy Spirit, whether in this service or afterwards or the today, whenever you choose, reveal it to us so we can deal with it and repent of it in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Looking carefully, uh, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, cause trouble. Bitterness will cause you trouble and bitterness in you will cause others trouble. And by this many become defiled. He's not talking to non-believers. He's talking to Christians here that uh, have allowed this root of bitterness to spring up in their lives. They are defiled and they will go on to possibly defile many others by their attitude and, and their disposition and the anger that boils up inside. Maybe uh, some of you don't think you are angry. Well, last week we gave you a list of things that may indicate that uh, you're angry and bitter. So let me quickly go through those just as a review to remind you. Here are signs or symptoms of bitterness. Number one, depression. Depression. Now, not everyone depressed may be bitter. It may be a chemical imbalance. It may be something else uh, not hurt in their lives. But every bitter person will go through bouts of bitterness. They will have moments of despair in their lives. And so depression often and maybe most of the time is a symptom of bitterness. Number two, distrust distrust. All right. So a person gets to the place where they've been hurt. 
Maybe it was an ex-husband. Maybe it was an ex-wife. They hurt you. And so now there is a trust factor uh, uh, toward men or toward getting married or towards your ex uh, and uh, women in general. So these kind of things can cause you to withdraw from others. And many people, I believe, have a distrust of God. They have blamed God when they should not have blamed God. I said earlier, God is good. Well, that's good theology. God is good. The devil is bad. There have been people that um, I've heard through the years that say things like, well, um, they were my son. Uh, someone was in an accident, car accident, wreck, and God took them. Uh, I would challenge you to, to line up your words more biblically because you have to, have to include uh, what Jesus said. He came to give life and that more abundantly. That did not mean he's involved in causing wrecks, all right? And so you have to read what the Bible says about the devil. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, I'm not saying Every accident is a demonically inspired event. Sometimes people have accidents because they are not paying attention. Sometimes uh, they turn right and they should have, well, right, and, and they should have turned left. Uh, so every time something bad happens does not mean it was the devil. Uh, I don't want us blaming everything on the devil. Uh, I want us also to, to take an understanding of learning from our mistakes that may cause some bad in our life. And when you make a mistake, you should celebrate. Celebrate mistakes because we're all going to make them. Every one of us in this building, we're all going to make mistakes. And so we celebrate them instead of feeling guilty and despondent over them. We celebrate them because we're going to learn something from them. Number three, I better hurry. Insensitive insensitive. This person is insensitive to others. They can dish it out. They can't take it. They've got a chip on their shoulders. Number four, ingratitude. Ingratitude. A person that is bitter uh, will have symptoms of ingratitude toward other people and situations. Number five, temporal values. Their, their life is focused on temporal things, uh, not on an eternal perspective. What's the worst thing that could happen to us? Die? Well, immediately we're in the presence of God. How many of you know that's a good deal? All right, so, I mean, I'm not ready to go right now, but uh, it's a good deal if I did, all right? Number six, self-rejection. Self-rejection. Uh, a person that is bitter at someone. Maybe someone is bitter at your parents. 
or uh, you're bitter at a, uh, a boss, an em uh, the employer. I don't know who you might be bitter at, but you are bitter toward them. And what you do is you focus on those qualities in their life that made you bitter or hurt you. And you focus on them so much that all over a period of time, you start becoming like that person. Don't focus on people who have bad qualities. Focus on people who have good qualities. Amen. Focus on the word. Focus on Christ and not on people with bad qualities. Number seven, grumbling. I added this from last week. All right. Grumbling because this week uh, I heard Alice grumble. So I wanted to bring it up. And so, uh, Pray for me, all right? So anyway, uh, no, this week I found myself grumbling. Uh, I just wanna ask because misery loves company. Um, how many of you grumble this week? Anybody here grumble? Please somebody raise your hand, all right. You grumbled, uh, you should be ashamed of yourself. That's what I think and so, uh, I've already asked forgiveness. I don't know whether you have or not. So uh, repent right now. Uh, you can fall on the floor there if you've got room. Okay, uh, uh, grumbling, not gambling, but grumbling, it can be a symptom of bitterness. Okay, now some of you say, I'm not bitter, Pastor. I'm not bitter, I'm not bitter. But let some person's name be mentioned some memory come to your mind, uh, some employer you think about, or past employer, or some pastor even, maybe the president, present or in past, uh, be mentioned and immediately there is a mini eruption that takes place inside of you. So, Get it out today. We're gonna get rid of bitterness in Jesus' name. We're gonna get rid of bitterness. We're, gonna, uh, we're going to look and examine our lives. And if we think of anybody, uh, you know, I didn't, last week, I'm gonna be honest with you, last week I, I thought, I, I don't think I'm bitter at anybody. And so I preached that word. And this week I, I was thinking one day and all of a sudden a couple of situations, people came up and I had to repent. So it took me two weeks. So it's going to take some of you two weeks, all right, to get rid of this out of your life. You're going to ask forgiveness. You're going to forgive the person that hurts you even before they ask you. I said, you are going to forgive them even before they ask you. And the truth is they may never ask you, all right? So get it out of your system, clean it out. Uh, let the Holy Spirit reveal to you and deal with it and ask forgiveness. Number one, uh, our next scripture is this, Acts chapter eight, verse 18. Okay, let me give you a little background. The revival in Samaria, what a great revival it was. Philip went down to preach at Samaria and amazingly the Holy Spirit moved upon the whole town and basically the whole town got saved. They believed on Christ and there was a man there, Simon the sorcerer and Simon was a influential person in that town. 
People looked up to him. They went to him for advice and counsel and direction for their lives. Uh, they gave him money. He was uh, no doubt wealthy. And so we read the story and pick it up from there. And amazingly, the Bible indicates that Simon also believed. So from every indication, let's just assume that, yes, he became a believer also. But something happened when Peter and John came down to Samaria to preach on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's pick it up from there. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. Now, the scripture in uh, Acts 8 does not say that the people at Samaria uh, spoke in tongues. It did say they received the Holy Spirit, but it didn't say they spoke in tongues. But there's every indication right here uh, that Simon saw something and he saw something that uh, absolutely amazed him so much to the point that he wanted this gift. So he offered them money. Remember at the beginning when we talked about money was not the answer. He had money, and so he uh, went to his money, and he offered them money, saying, take this money and give me this power that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive uh, the Holy Spirit. He was a man that no longer had the influence he had just a few days prior. No, uh, he had gone up the ladder of success and all of a sudden he finds himself coming down the ladder. And this man used to be the talk of the town. He is no longer the talk of the town. This man used to have sway over all the people or maybe most of the people, but now people are talking about the revival. They're talking about Peter and John and Philip, and most important of all, they're talking about Jesus. So, so in verse 20, Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness and pray. When you are bitter, we need to repent of our wickedness and pray. God, if perhaps the thought of your heart will be or may be forgiven you, for I see, here it is, for I see that you are poisoned, poison will kill you. You are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Wow. So he was bound and yet, listen, uh, if the average person in a church came up and, and said, hey, uh, I, want, I want to be able to lay hands on people for them to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we may think that they were just zealous for the things of God. But Simon was not zealous. He was jealous of the other people. He was jealous of his loss of influence. Now, uh, words of jealousy, words of defeat and despair caused him 
to come to a place where bitterness reigned in his heart and uh, Peter rebuked him. It's like you cannot see always bitterness on the outside. If I were to walk down this morning and down the aisle, um, I could say, boy, you're bitter. Or there's one over there, you're bitter. Or you're bitter. Um, no, I couldn't tell that. I would walk down the aisle and most of you look wonderful. You're smiling or you would smile. And, uh, but on the outside, I couldn't tell because bitterness shows up uh, eventually on the outside, but it boils inside of our lives. It's like I've mentioned before, when someone is mentioned, they are in your life if you are bitter. And when somebody mentions their name, it's like you take them out of your heart, you hold them up and you smack them around uh, and you say, you did this to me, here. And you put them back in your heart and you carry them around. And then something happens and you take them out again. And you pew, pew, pew. It's time to let them fly away, all right? It's time to let them go and get out of your life forever. Let them out, let them out, let them out. On the outside, in Mount St. Helens, uh, that happened a long time ago. Many of you may not even remember it or know about it, but uh, it was an incredible, beautiful, beautiful mountain. And, uh, but inside, on the outside, it was gorgeous. On the inside, something was happening. Turmoil was going on. Lava was heating up or was at a temperature that is unimaginable, probably never will be estimated. How powerful. What was inside of that mountain? Let me show you a picture of what it looked like on the, uh, there it is, on the, uh, my left. Uh, beautiful, beautiful mountain. And on the right, uh, half the mountaintop is gone. It blew it off from the power within. And then I want you to see a picture of what happened, the destruction after this volcano blew its top. And here it is. You see a forest still standing in the background, but all that in the front, you see lumber, trees, huge trees laying on the ground. What caused it? The, sound, the power of sound from that incredible destructive force. Sound just blew those uh, trees down. A whole forest of, uh, looks like hundreds of acres just blown down. That's what sometimes is a picture of people that will not get bitterness out of their life. They blow their top on a regular basis. They let people have it. They give people a piece of their mind and they've given so many pieces away, they hardly have any left. And so they just are miserable and they are destructive. Folks, let me say to you, I, I was not raised in a home that raised their voice. Nobody in my house raised their voice, nobody. Um, not mom, not dad, nobody raised their voice. But when you raise your voice 
and yell at one another. You cause uh, that sound, that power, that anger to, to literally cause people to be off balance. Certainly your kids, if you do that to your kids, you yell at them and, and the power of your anger and your words uh, knock them backwards and push them away from you. God forbid, God help. Like I said, there was no raising of the voice in my home growing up. Alice and I got married. Uh, she was raised in a little different home. All right, so anyway, uh, it wasn't bad. It was good home, but there was somebody in the home. Um, mom, good, 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 good woman, but she didn't raise her voice before she got saved at our church. Thank God forevermore. All right, so anyway, um, but one day, Alice yelled at me like in the first two or three years. She yelled at me and I kept my cool. I said, Alice, you will never, ever raise your voice at me. She fell on her knees. <laughs> she cried out, oh, great husband. I will never, ever, ever raise my voice ever again. Wow, what a woman. That's not what happened. All right, so anyway, all right. Um, little different, but anyway, she laughed. All right, okay, she laughed. And she said, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I, in faith, said, I believe you can. All right, so anyway, and thank God, thank God. Uh, I don't remember being yelled out, out at since, even though there were times probably I should have been. All right, so... Mount St. Helens, internal turmoil, external beauty, all right? But eventually, destructive force. And no longer um, is that mountain as beautiful as it was. Bitterness can cause someone, uh, their very life to change dramatically, to say the least. Bitterness is entrenched animosity which is strong hostility towards someone, which will turn into hatred toward another person or another thing. The Greek word for bitterness means to make fast, to build a case, to stand against someone for revenge and their destruction, for revenge. Now in the flesh, when somebody does you wrong terribly, there is part of you that wants revenge. You may not personally do it yourself, but you're hoping somehow they're going to suffer. You think it's an automatic thing they should suffer. And after all, as a believer, no, you don't seek revenge. You know what the scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So we're like, great, when are you gonna do it, God? <laughs> I mean... Anytime now, let them have it. They deserve it. I wash my hands of it, but you, God, get them. And we get a little perturbed at God when he doesn't do it. It's like, wait a minute, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It looks like to me you're blessing them. Uh, what's going on here? Well, you don't know what's happening inside of them. The vengeance may be that the Holy Spirit has gripped their hearts 
and they have repented. And maybe they didn't even know they hurt you, but they have repented. And now they are endeavoring to walk in the spirit of God. So blessings are flowing in their life and you're standing over here like, what happened? They did me wrong and it looks like God's doing them good instead of getting them. Well, let me say to all of us, do not ever rejoice when your enemies fall or fail or stumble. Don't ever rejoice when you're someone that's done you terrible. Don't say things like they got what they deserved. Maybe we've all said that before. They got what they deserve. No. Our attitude has got to be what we want their attitude and others to be toward us. We don't want to get what we deserve either, do we? So we want to make sure someone falls. It should touch our heart. God, God help them. God help them. See, that's what God wants us to do, to uh, pray for them, our enemies, love them, do them good, that's incredible. And so God help us to pray for those who have done us wrong, not hold bitterness. After all, no one can make you bitter. You say, oh yes, I know someone, they made me bitter. No, they did not. No one, and I've said it many times over the years, no one can make you angry. No one. They give you an opportunity to be angry, but they cannot make you angry. No matter what someone does to you today or this week, that's wrong. No matter what they do, what they say to you, there might be an immediate response of negativity come to you, but you don't have to respond that way. You can stand there and choose to say, God, Thank you, I'm not gonna respond to this. I am gonna walk in peace toward everyone and this person too. God, I, I don't want this in my life. God, I do not wanna be bitter toward them. I don't wanna dislike them. God, bless them, help them, do them good. Oh Lord, God Almighty, that's the attitude we should have, amen. All right, so let me go ahead. I'm hurrying through. Um, and uh, I'm going to get to the end in a moment, leaving some incredible, awesome notes that you're never going to hear. But anyway, uh, you'll just have to take my word for it. All right. <laughs> We've all been hurt. We're all going to get hurt again. <laughs> We're all going to make a choice to be bitter or better, to be bitter or better. We make a lot of choices in life, and this is an important one. Are you gonna be bitter or better? Are you gonna use that hurt as a stepping stone? Are you gonna get bitter? No, you're gonna get better. You're gonna repent. You're gonna learn what it means to repent Every time you have a choice to go the wrong way, you're going to repent and go the right way. 
And uh, that is an incredible, incredible thing to do. We're not going to get bitter. We are going to get better. Say amen at Michigan Street, uh, Red Bug Lake, uh, online, and out in the atrium. We're not going to get bitter. We're going to get better. We're going to get better. If you sense a root of bitterness, guys, go all the way to the end of the notes. Last four things. Let me emphasize it again. Ask forgiveness from God. Forgive the person before they ask. They may never ask. Pray good and pray blessings over them. Ask God to help you truly love them. And maybe, maybe this is what Jesus meant when he said, go the second mile. The Romans had made basically slaves out of the Jews. The Romans dominated Israel. And the Jews were compelled. They were obligated to go one mile carrying whatever load the Roman soldier or others wanted them to carry. It was in the first mile of obligation that I believe bitterness would sit in as they carried this heavy weight. And the soldier may have even mocked as they carried one mile long ways for a heavy burden but enough time for bitterness to set in. But Jesus said to them, he didn't say, I'm, I'm going to change all this, uh, those bad Romans. Amazingly, he didn't say that. What does he tell them to do for the remedy of the bitterness of the first mile? What does he say? The incredible, awesome, unexpected. Go the second mile. Go the second mile. And do so with a smile on your face. And when you go the second mile, which is not your obligation to do, you go beyond what you're required to do. You go beyond. That's like when I said last week, some church hurt you in the past, send them an offering. Some pastor hurt you in the past, send him an offering. I hurt you, send me one. So, I mean... Go, that's going the second mile. And listen, if I've hurt you, oh my God, if I've hurt you, please, I plead with you your forgiveness. And if you come to me or email me or write me, don't stand in line. It may be too long. All right. So anyway, but I would want you to tell me. I would want you. A lady emailed me. Recently, can't remember her name. She said, I visited your church. I visited your church for the first time and I saw people walking around during prayer and I saw people at the end of the service get up and walk out. And boy, oh boy, I could tell in this email it really, really, really upset her. And um, she said, I will, I'm not planning to come back. Um, I wrote her an email, good. And so, uh, no, I did not. <laughs> Absolutely never, ever, ever would have done that. I wrote her an email and I said, thank you so much for sharing this with me. 
I, I just want to remind you, because it's obvious you're a strong believer and you have certain standards, but I just want to remind you that in every church, there are those that just don't know, or they may be unbelievers. And so we have to be kind and gracious. We have to disciple people and train and, and inform people, not so much train, but inform people. She writes back and says, basically, you're right. I think I'm going to come back. And so we go the second mile with people, all right? We go the second mile. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.